Welcome to Roundhill Radio, the podcast from Roundhill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Welcome to Roundhill Radio. I'm Leslie. I'm Ed. Hey, Ed. Good morning. Good morning on this somewhat snowy morning, getting a little little tiny flecks of snow this morning. It is very wintry. It is yeah. very, I feel, I'm feeling very wintry today. Starting. <laughs> starting it begins it begins yeah that was the funny thing about um when i moved to connecticut from ohio mm-hmm. when i was in college after i left uh went from college graduate school i was expecting connecticut to have the same amount of snow as i had in cleveland oh i think you know the northeast it's mm-hmm. super you know that like white christmas ver- i think i think in my winters. mind Yeah. And I think we were more like the Vermont climate than I, you know, I think you're right. That was my preconceived notion. Yes. I mean, I'm not, I don't mind not having to shovel snow, but it's, you know, I do like a little snow every now and again. So you're in good company there a little now and again, a little now and again, although I think we might be getting our wish this week. By the time this podcast comes out, we might get some more viewers because they're all stuck in their house. Right. We're trying to help you out. Even more. We, give, we, like to, we like to provide content for you guys. <laughs> so today we are talking about my all-time favorite Christmas hymn. Oh, I didn't know that. My all-time favorite hymn, for multiple reasons we'll get into later. Uh, but today we are talking about O Come All Ye Faithful, Adeste Fidelis, or as it was originally translated, <laughs> Ye Faithful, Approach Ye. Yeah, I think you can see why that didn't make it as a title. <laughs> it's tough to say. It's I would imagine it's even tougher to say. There's probably a, a rule somewhere that says don't put the word ye in a in, in a title twice. 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 You get one. Get like a lot of Oh my goodness. <laughs> a lot of translators would have been like Ooh. uh so John Francis Wade is given sort of the majority of the credit for the text for O Come All Ye Faithful, but there's some yes. sort of, it's iffy at yeah. best, maybe? I mean, that sort of seems like the widely accepted person who's, mm-hmm. who composed the text. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's interesting to me that, uh, because again, I didn't really know much of the background to this, that he starts out living in the United Kingdom. He's Roman Catholic, and he happens to be living at a time when it's not a good time to be a Roman Catholic in the United Kingdom. So he becomes exiled, in a sense, and uh, winds up living in France, takes on this job as a copyist, a calligrapher. Apparently, he's an outstanding calligrapher and really widely renowned for the beauty of his script. But then he, I guess, also has this love for this kind of poetry and creates this beautiful text that we have. And so that's uh, that's a little bit about him that uh, that I've come across. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it seems like the um, there's some evidence to suggest that the original text came from King John IV of Portugal, yeah. um, who was known as this musician king. Um, and that he, it's likely that he wrote, you know, possibly the first Latin text of this it's credited. He's credited with the, the tune. Um, although I'm curious now, I didn't take a half second and look up what our, our own hymnal says. So I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> um, go ahead. Yeah, it is interesting. So it's, it attributes the words and then it has the translation by, Frederick Oakley in 1841, Mm -hmm. 
who was another kind of, I guess you could say a person who had a little bit of exile in his life as well, because he started out as an Anglican and became a Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. But those seem to be the two uh, attributions there. Yeah, and they they credit the music to John Francis Wade as well. Yeah. Um, our our handy dandy hymn story book suggests that. Um, where was I going with that? Sorry, <laughs> trying to move something, and apparently can't move and talk at the same time. Suggests so that he. So we have a bunch of copies of manuscripts that he wrote, yes. and that he signed his name to. Um, so it's really, it's, you know, a lot of hymns, we know exactly who wrote them, exactly the origins of the tune. Obviously, sometimes they originally had different texts, like we've yep. explored before, uh, last week with the spring hymn. Um, so it's interesting to sort of have this mystery it around is. such a popular hymn. Yeah, it's fun, I think. And the interesting thing that I'm picking up, Leslie, as, as a little bit of a thread for some of these, at least for the Christmas carols, is that you know, initially someone writes the text, but then it almost goes out of use or or it or it's not very popular or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a little bit the case with Oh Come All Ye Faithful, that here you have someone who creates it, but then it, it takes this other person, Frederick Oakley, coming along quite a, a, almost a hundred years later. That's the interesting thing, brings something old to the surface. And I just want to make a little parallel here between that experience and the time we're living in, because during this global pandemic, you know, we hear people all the time talk about when is the new normal going to happen? (laughs) Or when are we going back to the old normal? And I think the assumption is that we're going to be moving towards some very new traditions that we can't even anticipate because of the way we've changed our patterns and habits during the pandemic, which may be true, but we also might be rediscovering some things from the past Mm -hmm. that will help us in the future. And that's the model that I see here for some of these hymn writers and composers. They go back into the past. They find something really cool that really makes their heart sing. And they think, hey, I want to dust this off the shelf and bring it out and give it some breath. Absolutely. And finding that, you know, it was originally in Latin for such a long time. And then Oakley's translation really bringing it bringing it to the people. This is so off topic, but I've thought of this every time we've talked about the idea of the new normal, that when the Spanish flu happened, you know, a hundred years ago, one of the biggest influences, at least in home design, was that it was the beginning of the subway tiles in kitchens and in bathrooms, because they are very you can clean them really well. They're easy to sanitize. And that something as you know, that a, an illness that was surrounding the world yep. changed our homes right? in yeah. a permanent way. There used to be carpets and bathrooms and, and, and wood floors and painted wallpapered walls. Right. And right. then we would never think of doing that now. Like it's no. so obvious to us, but at some time that was normal, beautiful home design. And it changed how we literally live in our spaces, which as we know, makes such an impact on our lives. Um, so I'm so curious to see what that, mm. you know, what those 14 things are, I guess, for, for us. I think, you know, doing things virtually is definitely feels like it could, you know, be one yes. of them, um, yeah. you know, is so interesting. I love that that connection. I wasn't aware of that. And I think the other thing I've been wondering about is we've been lifting up these Christmas carols. What carols this year are really going to resonate with people? 
that's mm-hmm. the thing I've been wondering about. You know, there may be a, there may be a turn of phrase or a tune or something that is going to really catch our attention this year, like it never has before, because of what we're going through. And that may and that might again sort of elevate one or two of these carols, you know, to a whole new significance and keep it that way going forward. Absolutely, I think about. Uh, last week we had a recording session in the sanctuary with our soloists getting mm-hmm. ready for the Christmas services we have virtually here. Right. Um, and so we did O Come All Faithful, as you imagine. Mm-hmm. For us, it's the first hymn on our Christmas Eve service. Um, it's it's the penultimate one in the King's College, Cambridge, sort of famous service of Lessons and Carols. They famously begin with Once in Roll of David City. Do you know the story about that, about the I solo? Did. I don't. This is, I love this story so much. Okay, so King's College Cambridge does this service of lessons and carols every December. It's broadcast on the radio. It's, you know, it's the it's height a global of, phenomenon, It's right? a global phenomenon. It's amazing. I, yeah. I encourage everyone to tune in if you can. And Once in Roll of David City begins traditionally with a solo. Mm-hmm. In this instance, it's a treble, which is a um, a young boy chorister. But as you can imagine, the pressure of this institutional moment, oh. beginning with a little kid singing a solo, <laughs> is enough to make you really stress out and have a lot of like you know stage fright, right? So they don't tell the boy oh. which one it's going to be. They oh all have heavens. to be ready. They all have to be ready. Know it. Wow. Be warmed up. Be ready, and they just do it. And he and the director points. Wow. And you're on. And you're on. Isn't that amazing? Oh my heavens! <laughs> Talking about adding a little energy into your Christmas Eve experience. I mean, so part of me, you know, you put yourself in the in the shoes of the boy, and you're oh. like, you're like, all right, here we go, and. But I kind of also feel a little bit sad for all the other kids. <laughs> well, if it, I imagine... me, if it was me, I'd start getting nervous on Christmas Day of the prior <laughs> year. And I would be nervous for 365 days. Well, I feel like there's some that might feel relieved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I feel like there's going to be a couple kids that were like, yeah, I could have done it better. I, you know, I, I wanted <laughs> I the ball. Me. I wanted the ball. Give me the ball. <laughs> right. Like on those moments, you want the ball. Exactly. I get that reference now. Oh, hey. yeah. Right. <laughs> Good. Um, so I love that story. So anyway, so Okome ah. Faithful is, is later in the King's College Cambridge Lessons and Carols. But for us, it's our opening hymn. Yep. Um, I do the introduction the same way I've done for 10 years now, you know. At, which is my own little creation of I uh so there's a thing called a pedal point in the organ where you you hold a pedal note in music theory it's a special it's a really specific thing but it began as an organ thing okay hold a pedal note and then you play the refrain and we all launch into come all you faithful the really thing that makes it for me is the david wilcox uh and descants um to me, that that is Okamai faithful. It's not the same thing without it. It is not the mm. same experience. It is not the same like mountaintop joy. Like my heart is like pumping. There's like adrenaline. I'm just like smiling. It's the it's so great. 
the, so we traditionally do three verses. We do the, you know, the classic Okomai faithful. We do sing choirs of angels, mm-hmm. which is the second verse for us. And then yea, Lord, we greet thee, which is actually kind of like a Christmas day. Yes. Text. Yep. Um, so the really interesting thing about it is that sing choirs of angels is the verse with the descant, right? The oh. descant being when we have other voices singing traditionally above the tune. Yes. Um, and yep. it's like an above harmony that sort of, um, illuminates and adds flourish to the hymn tune. Mm. Um, in this case, the sing choirs of angels, the first two measures of it, I'm doing this from memory. So the first two measures of it are the same rhythm and notes as the Gloria refrain from angels. We have heard on high. Oh, interesting. Which I genuinely just real. I just realized that this morning. Wow. And, and I've been doing this for 20 years and I just like, I think I knew it, but I didn't like make the, the bling connection. Right. So we have that. So sing choirs of angels. Um, and it's just, it's such an exciting descant. Um, and it just, it sounds like this chorus of angels singing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then we get to our last verse and what David Wilcox has done. He's not only given us, this descant thing. He also gives us the organ reharmonization. There's a great tradition in organ hymnody where you reharmonize to help hear the text in new ways, to give it just a little oomph, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Because you know, if you hear the same thing three sure. or four times, you start to kind of tune it out, right? right? But giving something different, that's what you notice, right? That's what your ear picks up. Yep. So we have this amazing. Amazing reharmonization on Yea, Lord, we greet thee that begins with everybody in unison. Everybody, the choir is in unison, the congregation is in unison, and the organ is in unison, which doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. So I have my right hand, my left hand, and my feet are playing the exact same notes, the exact same rhythm. And then it goes bananas. <laughs> it goes absolutely <laughs> bananas. Um, and we have this really famous chord. We're in, so we're in G major. I'm going to get a little technical. We're in G major. We have this really famous chord on the word word. Huh. So we have uh, the text. I go back in my hymnal. Um, you know, word of the father now in flesh appeareth. Right. Um, and so we build it up, we build it up and we build it up. And it's on the, on word, which is a D. We have this very strange D minor chord. Hmm. And so I did what any sane woman does. And I texted my friend, Mary Jo Heath, <laughs> who, in addition to being the radio host of the Metropolitan Opera, is also holds a doctorate in music theory. A go-to so I, person. So I texted my, 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 my resident, my pocket doctor of music theory. And I said, what is going on here? Because I don't remember <laughs> from the last time I looked at it. And she and I had a really exciting discussion about the fact that you're basically... In this moment, you're in a whole new key for about Mm -hmm. two measures, and it is a wild harmonic ride. You do not feel settled. Things kind of teeter-totter, teeter-totter, teeter-totter until you land back in it. And it Mm. sets apart this text so beautifully, so exciting. I don't know a single organist when they get to that chord, just, just, I mean, we just, we build up, it builds up, it builds up, and you just go, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it makes my Christmas, you know, I had, I think I had, I had forgotten how much, uh, joy that brings me every Christmas, especially, you know, it brings to mind all the, all the Christmases back where I've done that, where I've played it. Sure. Good you know, to be reminded of that. It's so, it's such an exciting, uh, it's just, it's not Christmas without it for me. Wow. So, so all of that, the wonderful thing about that, Leslie, is that even if we don't understand the the theory behind it, we're hearing that as you're describing it. I I can hear in my you know inner ear what you're describing and and the changes that are taking place. And here are these people in their compositional genius, right, who are making all of that happen. And the thing that really uh, strikes me about this hymn. Here, here, Wade, let's say he creates the text in the middle of the 1700s. Something else happens to it in the 1800s. It gets translated from Latin. Then you've got in 19, I think 1961 is when David Wilcox is adding all of these other elements to it. So here is a, a, a Christmas carol that's been like 200 years in formation. Absolutely. And now we're singing it, you know, here we are in the year 2020, going through what we're going through, bringing all those changes into our lives. I think that's magnificent. And I really appreciate the background uh, in terms of the music theory of that. Um, because again, it, it it might be invisible or under the surface in a sense, but we hear it. We do connect oh, yeah. with that, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's such an exciting moment. And when we recorded it with Scott and Risa on uh, Tuesday of last week. It just, it, it, you know, I, I think we all realized how, how different things are this year, that that mm. tradition, I think we didn't all realize, you know, what it was, but at the same time being able to play it and sing it together right. felt, it felt of that little bit of like, okay, now it's Christmas. Now it's, you yes. know, now we're really, you know, really living into what we love to do and what we love to share with our congregation as musicians. Um, and so, you know, we, we definitely absolutely did that harmonization. Oh, Risa saying the desk hand beautifully, of course. Oh, so we're going to, oh, it's, it's marvelous. So we're going to, obviously that will be part of our Christmas Eve service. Um, we hope you'll watch. Uh, so it's, you know, it's an exciting thing. And as a, another Tying through thread, we were talking about King's College, Cambridge. David Wilcox was director of music there for a number of years. So I have a feeling he probably wrote that or brought it. I think it, that's how it became what it was and what it is for so many musicians sure. now was through its use of that Lessons and Carol. So that's a nice little circle back. Nice tie-in. Yeah, it seems like there are a lot of those tie-ins uh, with this particular hymn, right? And so <clears throat> when I was uh, rereading it in preparation for today, and I think that's what we've been inviting people to do, our listeners, you know, to go back and, and actually reread some of these carols. I was, I was so struck by the opening line, oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. You know, this is a time when people don't necessarily feel very triumphant. <laughs> about a lot of things sure um and yet the hymn the, the this this particular carol is like luring us out of this to say you know here's here's uh, a way of approaching the future with the spirit of confidence 
And I think the other line, which you are, and now I'm going to really be listening to this, but this last uh, line where it says, word of the father now in flesh appearing. I want to give a shout out uh, to the Franciscan writer, Richard Rohr. It's R-O-H-R is his last name. He's a absolutely wonderful author. He's the director of the Center for Action and Contemplation in New Mexico. And he, he writes on a regular basis and has a blog and many books. But one of the things I came across recently, he said that so often in our spirituality over the years, we have pitted flesh against spirit. And he said, that's absolutely not the case. If you, if you live with that kind of thinking, you're going to have a divided life. You're always, there's going to be an inner antagonism. And here's this line, word of the father now in flesh appearing. So as, he, as Richard Rohr likes to say, it's the body that manifests the spirit. It's not that they're in, in tension with each other, but if the spirit's coming into the world, it's going to come through a body. Mm. And that's the great message of Christmas. It comes through this baby and this baby grows up. So this, this word um, of the father is a creative, loving, you know, recreating word. And I think that's why he can say at the beginning, you know, joyful and triumphant, because there's, there's this spirit that's going to bring hope out of despair. And we're still starting to see that a little bit. I think certainly the appearance of the vaccine has made people feel differently, more hopeful about the future. But we can be feeling that anyway because of the of the life of this God who's moving through the flesh of humankind still to this day. Absolutely, and so interesting that that's. I mean, that those are the the two two measures of text that, that Wilcox really, you can tell, put all of his gusto right, isn't into. It? Yeah, that's wonderful. That's so exciting and so yeah. interesting that that, you know, that's really been, that's the, that's the central point of the hymn. Right. Like you were saying. It's interesting that Wilcox seemed to give so much emphasis to that, that verse, sing choirs of angels. Like he's going to give us a musical experience of having an angel right at our side, right? That's such an organist thing, you know, <laughs> sing choirs of angels. You may sing now. <laughs> well, bless your hearts for doing it. I, I just love that. I love knowing now that there's that, that way in which he chose that particular stanza to do that. And to me, it's, it's, the transcendent moment, you know, mm -hmm. whenever you mention angels, that's bringing a, an otherness into the picture, right? That's something that can't be controlled. There's a, there's a beautiful little <laughs> book called Everybody Has an Angel. <laughs> and actually, uh, St. Francis, or, or Francis, now the current Pope, um, has written extensively on his, his notion, his belief in the presence of angels in the world. You don't necessarily hear a lot about that, but it's a very, very old tradition, right? Going back into the Christmas story and before that, of course. But I just, uh, now I'm really going to be tuning into the music because, uh, you know, I think that's what this is designed to do is help us become aware of the, of the transcendent and the, the invisible, the power of the unseen. Absolutely. And I would encourage, there's actually, I think there's a total of eight verses that are um, right. available to people. So I would, we don't have probably time to cover them today, but I would encourage uh, our listeners to go and check them out and do your own, your own exploratory look at, at the other bits of that story. I think it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for bringing this into our, into our lives and our spirituality. 
Absolutely. And uh, and stay tuned for next week where we're going to play with Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. Oh, looking Bethlehem, forward to it. As some people say. <laughs> some people say. <laughs> as some people say. So I think, which is also such a really interesting, almost chromatic hymn tune, which I think will be really fun. So we'll enjoy, we'll enjoy diving into that story. And we look forward to seeing you again here next week. Thanks, everybody. We, we do indeed. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for listening. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org.